millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, everyone. Um, I'm Mats Villander, and welcome to the Legends Tennis Podcast. Uh, we're going to be seeing you hopefully once a week for for the next few weeks or a few months, depending on how long we have to wait for the tennis circuit to start again. Um, we have an unbelievable lineup, this first uh, remote podcast. And I have to introduce, uh, first of all, the uh, defending champion, uh, Simona Halep. Simona, thank you very much for joining me. Hello, it's a pleasure. It's first time for me on this app, so I'm excited, actually. Well, you are there. Perfect. Um, we also have Tommy Haas, former world number two uh, from Germany. Are you uh, officially Californian by now, Tommy, or are you still... Uh, still, still a Florida resident, but I call myself a global citizen, as, you, as probably all You're... of you do, since we travel the world since, I don't know, age what, you know, but, uh, so, but currently, currently in Los Angeles, correct. You're currently Los Angeles. And of course, you're also the tournament director of Indian Wells, um, the first tournament that got canceled. And my wingmate uh, from London, Mr. Boris Becker, three-time Wimbledon champion. Boris, how are you holding up in, uh, in the UK? Yeah, that's correct. Nice seeing you, Mats, again. And obviously, happy to see Simona and Tommy here as well. I thought I'm going to put the Wimbledon background since we heard the bad news yesterday. Uh, I, I don't know you what to make of it, but I want to um, talk about uh, in the show today. Yeah. Boris, I think that's a poster that you have in your bedroom, and I'm sure that you're the player in that photograph. Is that true? I don't think. Uh, it's not in my bedroom. It's not even in my living room. It's, it's one of these new te yeah. technologies that you can put in the background, and I was asked the other day before the show which one I'd rather see, and I said, well, we're written, of course. Yeah, yeah, it gives me nightmares. But um, we're going to discuss a few different topics. Of course, we're going to uh, talk about the situation right now. Uh, we talk about how Indian Wells got cancelled being the first tournament in Wimbledon. But first of all, uh, Simona, I want to go to you because you're really the only one uh, out of the four of us that is still relevant, uh, that is still important uh, in the everyday life of the tennis fan. So how are you coping how are you doing with the, this situation well uh, in Romania it's uh, pretty bad at this moment um, everything got uh, cancelled like closed uh, we have about uh, 2,000 cases and uh, not so many deaths but it's uh, it's getting a little bit worse because we have many people coming from Italy and uh, they are a little bit you know infected and uh, it's uh, it's not easy to manage with the hospitals I was preparing myself uh, before, one week before they closed everything. I, I was uh, um, self-isolating because, um, you know, I got a little bit scared about the virus and about what uh, I was hearing from China and other countries. Uh, it's not easy. And I think for everybody, it's not easy. Um, tough moments because we cannot go out. But let's accept it. Let's, um, you know keeping uh, our mind positive because it's the most important thing in these days. Anyway, I couldn't uh, play Indian Wells uh, because I was injured, but I was so sad hearing this, uh, this news that uh, everything is going to get cancelled because of this uh, situation. So I think we struggle, I have to be honest. 
Uh, we struggle, we miss the tour. I miss the tour. I miss uh, the players and the, all the people that are uh, getting involved in all the tournaments. So, um, yeah, but it, I, I can take a positive thing. I'm home uh, since February and I never been so long home since years ago. Uh, and um, it's different life. So I have just to take it and uh, to try to enjoy it. How, how are you, Marta? How, how are you there, Simona, in, in, uh, uh, in Romania? Um, uh, what's your routine in the morning? Do you have one yet? Uh, uh, can you actually leave your house or your flat? Uh, is it a real lockdown like it is in the UK or, or you know, some parts in, in other European countries? Or how, how is your every day? How, how do you keep in shape? Well, I have 22 days, I think, in the house. I wow. didn't go out at all. Yeah. You're kidding me. Uh, wow. Yeah, I wow. just uh, kept it very safe because I'm a little bit scared about it and I want just to stay, uh, stay chill. So um, I wake up around 10, 11. <laughs> so good for you. Good for yeah, you. it's very good to have a lot of sleep. Uh, no alarm, no schedule. So um, I just wake up. I have a late um, breakfast and then uh, I do some running here in the complex because we are uh, allowed to do it. It's a private uh, residence. You I've know been it. there where you, uh, you work. Yeah, it's a great yeah. sport. You're right, yeah. Yeah, it's close to everything, but outside you are able to, to run. So I'm doing the running okay. and the training uh, outside uh, in front of the, the block. And uh, then in the house, I work uh, my core, my exercises. So every day I'm working and I feel, okay. um, I feel fit, yeah. Okay, good. Mats? Yeah, so... I'm Tommy, we're going to come to you in one second because I'm interested in, um, in you being the first big tournament that canceled. But Simona, first of all, for you, you are the defending Wimbledon champion. You were supposed to be playing on, on that Tuesday, the famous Tuesday uh, at one o'clock, I believe, Boris. Correct me, Boris, when I'm wrong because you know this better than me. I, I know you How does that feel? You're not going to get to defend. <laughs> yeah, you're not going to defend Wimbledon. Uh, how, have you thought of that or how this year, uh, next year? I yeah. Take, yeah, I take the positive because I'm two years defending champion. So I That's have right. to, to live with that feeling one more year. So it's a good thing in the end. Yeah, I, I, I'm excited that I will be able to play uh, the first match on Tuesday, I think, on center yeah. court. So, um, yeah, I really want to face this experience. It's going to be great for sure. Simona, you've spoken to other um, players. Uh, what's their opinion? Are you afraid that this uh, break will be longer than July? What's, what's the word in the, in the women's locker room? Well, um, yeah, in my opinion, it's going to be longer than July. Um, we hope for US Open, but it's not sure because New York now is struggling. Um, yeah, I don't really know how it's going to be after so many months being like off the tournaments and uh, we never been in this situation so i think it's gonna be new for everybody um and um i will struggle for sure <laughs> i will struggle <laughs> to get back to the rhythm that you will well, question simona as well because i'm very curious um, because i remember your wimbledon final last year against serena and uh, i must say i think that was one of the best matches i've ever seen you play i mean from point one till the end i mean so focused You always had an answer. I mean, you know, Serena threw the kitchen sink at you and, uh, and you were so calm and played so well. And I was just curious to see how you sort of got ready for that match. What was your mentality going into that final? Well, definitely it's been the best match of my career. That's no doubt. And, um, you know, before the match, um, I was concentrating only on uh, my memories from Singapore when I faced her in the groups because in the final, I don't want to talk about it. Uh, and I was very focused on um, making her move and uh, being aggressive because I knew that if I do some steps uh, backwards, I cannot, uh, you know, I cannot handle her power. So I said on grass, she is the favorite because she has experience and she faced those moments many more times than me. Actually, I was at the first time. Uh, and uh, mentally, I was strong. I said that I have my chance and I have to go there. Are you playing tennis at the moment? I mean, you, you have somebody to hit with or you actually know tennis since February? I mean, that's, that must be the longest break in your life of not being a tennis ball. 
Exactly. It's the longest uh, period that I haven't touched the wow. racket, not the wow. ball, the racket, wow. uh, since Dubai. And I want to wow. keep it for one month or one more month like that. Wow. Not bad. Not bad. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I need it after so many years. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Yeah. What's the longest? What's the longest you've ever gone without playing boards or mats? I mean, you guys also had some injuries in your career and maybe took a little break uh, after such a, you know, hardcore schedules that we're usually used to. Was there a time where you guys needed to kind of say, "I need a break. I'm not touching a racket for for this or this long," and uh, where you kind of said, "Maybe okay, was it two weeks? Was it four weeks? Was it maybe even two months?" Mats. Yeah, I know. Yeah, no, I took a very long break, and when I was 20. Uh, 26 years old, I actually quit the tour. I didn't think I was coming back and I didn't play any tennis for more than a year. Oh, wow. Um, but I was a different break. I, I did, was tired. I didn't really uh, consider coming back. So um, it, it's, I think this is so hard. It would be hard for me. I mean, you would really find out how much do you love to practice tennis because there's no goal in sight. How much do you love to go for a run, Simona? I mean, I love it the, now. Yeah. Usually you have a good destination in sight. So for me, I would have been really hard to motivate uh, not knowing if I would ever play a match again. So, um, Boris, I know you played a little bit longer than me on tour, but uh, how about you? Yeah. Did you I, go for I've runs never, in the forest? I can't see that. Uh, what? Come again? I can't see you going for runs in the forest. Uh, I'm, I'm not the running type, as you know. Um, <laughs> but my longest break was because of injury. When I broke my wrist uh, at Wimbledon in 96, I had to take uh, a tennis break for about three months. So that's the longest I've, I've taken off. Uh, I, I always loved tennis. I never took a long break. Uh, you know, in the summer, sometimes a week or two. Sometimes in the winter, maximum two weeks. But then I got itchy. I'm, I'm a playing type. I like to play tennis. I like football, like a basketball. I always like to do something with a, you know, with a ball. So, so uh, physically, I, I uh, as well. I like the gym. I like to work out. Uh, uh, long runnings in, in the uh, in the forest. That wasn't me. <laughs> but I let me uh, jump in here because I'm not sure, Simona. I'm not sure that if you are aware or not. You might be. But Mr. Tommy Haas here is, to us um, male pros, considered the comeback player. I don't know how many times, Tommy, you came back and you came back to the top 10. You came back and played unbelievable tennis. You came back and beat Roger Federer three years ago when you were 39, 40 years old. Is that correct? I mean, how yeah, did you, yeah. your mindset was amazing to keep doing that. What can you share with, with Simona? I know the circumstances are different. Yes, circumstances are a little bit different for sure. Um, unfortunately, I was put in a lot of those uh, cases due to injuries, due to my body failing in many ways, um, having uh, tendons that were torn and, you know, usually it ended up being or needing a, a surgery. So a lot of the times uh, tennis was taken away from me. And the first time that was uh, the case, that was back in uh, December 2002, when I realized, okay, my first shoulder surgery is coming up. And at that time, all the other people that had shoulder surgery before me um, struggled really getting back to the tour. So I was really nervous at age 24 of thinking that maybe this is it. This is maybe the end of my career. And I sort of just started playing really, really well. And I was sort of, you know, thinking that maybe the chances of me getting to the very top or possibly winning one Grand Slam, which is everyone's dream, uh, were there. And now all of a sudden I was going into the complete other direction. So it took me about 15 months because I needed two surgeries at the time to come back for the first time. But I'll never forget that feeling when I got back. I was different mentally. Um, still a crazy emotional guy on the court, but different mentally in the fact of saying, I so appreciate the game of tennis and I want to play this game as long as I can. And so that was always my mindset. And then, you know, in between those following 15 years um, after that, uh, you know, I did have many, many more surgeries, unfortunately. And every single time I did, I was always roughly out for about a year or a little bit over a year. So, um, you know, I, I always feel like even in this current moment that nobody has really any part in it, except it's a global, you know, pandemic that we all just have to kind of work together now. And we don't know when we are getting back to tennis. It's just, I think a lot of the players, uh, a lot of people in sports in general will re realize 
what you got is amazing, right? Because you're playing a sport that you truly love, that you've been playing at a young age. You're going to be more passionate about it. You're going to appreciate it more and, uh, and no longer take sort of small things, uh, you know, that seriously about the tour or about certain matches because you're just going to be like, wow, I didn't play French Open this year. I didn't play Wimbledon this year. Um, not because I wasn't fit to play, but because it was taken away from us in some sort of way, a bigger thing, a bigger picture. But so you cannot wait till the following year to the next year already, right? So we're already looking forward to 2021. And I think that's what a lot of players will take away. But now you're the tournament director. You are the first tournament that was canceled. We spoke yeah. a couple of days before and I was excited to come and I already booked the ticket and everything. And on yes. the Monday morning, on the Monday morning, I heard the bad news. So when did you hear about it and what was your reaction? Yes, that's correct, Boris. And uh, we'll definitely look forward and hoping to yeah. have you back. 2021 since it's been a while since you've been there um, as a also two-time champion in the desert. Um, I don't even know where to begin because there's obviously a lot of little details that went yeah. into this whole consideration. Um, of course, um, you know, I usually get to the desert about uh, two, two and a half weeks before the tournament starts to uh, to make sure that everything is uh, is in the up and up and the way it needs to be yeah. and discuss everything with the entire team of people that do a tremendous job of getting everything set up. Um, so we have the Oracle Challenger series there as well the week before. Yeah. Um, and right around that time, doing about the second or third day of the uh, Oracle Challenger Series, you know, we started kind of hearing more and more cases about COVID-19, about the coronavirus being more serious. I think at that time it was starting to get really, really bad in Italy. And, uh, you know, we yeah. knew that we also get a lot of international fans coming from all around the world. So, um, you know, my boss, Mr. Larry Ellison and his amazing medical team, had a conversation with us about saying, how are we looking at this? What are the, what are the steps that we are taking? Because yeah. uh, you were hearing a lot of mixed emotions. We were starting to talk also to the, to the government of California. We started to have some cases now all of a sudden in San Francisco. The cruise mm -hmm. line was coming in. So we're starting to see some action. Um, we didn't have any coronavirus case in the Coachella Valley in the desert up until the Saturday night before the tournament started on Monday oh. for the qualifying event. But as soon as we heard that that was the case on the Saturday night before and the uh, Riverside County, you know, declared a state of emergency. Yeah. That's when really the red flag started going up and uh, having these talks with the medical expertise days before um, in, in uh, you know, really discussing what we are going up against, um, having the expertise also of Larry Ellison and sort of like the uh, information that you might yeah. say a little bit earlier than, than the rest of us. Um, really opened up some doors and some conversations with a lot of interesting people that were saying, look, um, as soon as you have the first case, you really have to start looking at this uh, from another view, another angle. Um, and we also discussed the fact that, look, our event is two weeks. We have, you know, usually uh, during the qualifying days, we have 15,000 people coming yeah. into the ground. And the first weekend, we have 40,000 people running around the grounds next to each other. Yes, it was still... We're still, you know, open type um, a facility, so not yeah. indoor, which they were saying now, you know, we, were not, we don't like the fact that people are on top of each other indoors, um, but the NBA games were still going on with people at that time. Yeah. Yeah. Still, hockey, hockey uh, NHL, um, you know, games were still going on and they were having these conversations of maybe not having spectators all of a sudden. So we were looking into maybe not having spectators, but going on with the tournament. We were looking into having you know, ball kids wearing gloves, you know, having, uh, they, don't, they don't touch the players' towels. All the players yeah. will be in charge of their own. So we were looking at every possibility. No more longer having, did, did we have talks about who's coming? What are we doing? What can we make different for the fans, the sponsors, the yeah. players? We were only talking about what if, what if, how can we do this? How can we manage this situation? How can we look at that situation? How can we maybe have the tournament without spectators? But still, you have all the security people, you have all the staff, you have all the, the volunteers, the linesmen, you know, it's, it's just like, how do you differentiate? All it takes is that one person to have the coronavirus to make it sort of a big, big deal. And we are two big tournaments. So it just seemed like as soon as we had that first case, once again, and Riverside County declared a state of emergency, we had to say, we're not having a tournament. It's just a safer thing. And at that time, no sporting event was really stopped. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. We literally were the first. Yeah. And we, when we were sitting, I mean, like I said, all day just in meeting rooms, the entire team scratching yeah. our heads going, how are we going to tell the players that we're not having the tournament? I was just about to go and do the qualifying draw for the, for the, for the, for the ladies. And yeah. I said, hold on, I have to push it back half an hour, push it back an hour. And as I came in there, I said, guys, 
I'm so sorry to let you know, but we're not going through with the tournament. And it had to be our decision as well because yeah. it would have been, looking back, it would have been really helpful if the, if the government of California or our governor, Mr. Newsom, would have said, look, you know, yeah. this uh, emergency situation, we no longer can have sporting events going on. We are not allowed to go on with the tournament. So it was really on us. And then we had to sort of, you know, explain it to the players, which again, the players were at the beginning a little bit shocked here and there. But then once we kind of explained the situation, they were very understanding. It is yeah. about, you know, it is about, about health first, no question about it. It is about saving lives, no question about it. When something like this comes up, there's always a bigger thing than sports or whatever in general. Health comes first. That's, for, that's, that's the utmost importance of anything. And uh, so looking back now at that certain time, you know, we as uh, and myself as a player was a very, very hard decision. At the same time, now looking back, we're going, it was the absolute right decision. There's no question about it. And I'm thinking, are these guys crazy? I was excited to come to California. But yeah. now in hindsight, you did the right thing. Yeah. Absolutely. No, absolutely. I got it. Um, yes. So I'm going to jump in here and ask Simona, um, for me, so you're, a, let's call you a clay court specialist, even though you are the defending Wimbledon champion. Um, I can imagine that for you, this is the best part of the year. Uh, Indian Wells, Miami, the clay court season starts, Roland Garros, and then we hope that we're playing well going into Wimbledon, which obviously happened to you. How have you, are you thinking about that this is uh, disappointing in terms of your tennis career, or is this such a huge uh, problem in the world that uh, you are not selfish whatsoever? Oh, well, yeah, that's right. Uh, it's just a world problem, and uh, I want just to say that uh, it's safer that everything got cancelled. It's not a small problem. It's a huge problem, and uh, we have just to listen what they say to stay home and uh, being like very safe. Uh, tennis is not everything in, uh, in my life. Of course, uh, I had so many years that it, it's been a priority and it is still. I'm doing everything uh, is possible to stay fit, to get uh, very fast in the rhythm when uh, everything is gonna start again. But uh, no, I prefer to stay and uh, you know to wait and see and when everything is going to be safe, I will start traveling again. So if I'm not 100% safe, I'm not going to leave home. So um, everything that has decided has been decided already, it's perfect for me. Uh, even if I miss the tournaments, it's better to stay safe and uh, to take these decisions. But Simona, the experts, they change every other day. If I would listen to all the news information I'm receiving every other hour, literally, there's a different change of whatever I said last week is different to now. I mean, do you fathom that maybe this break will be much longer than anticipated? Because, you know, here in the UK, they talk about the lockdown for maybe six months and then the virus is going to come back in the fall. So, I mean, do you have in your mind yet a, a, a worst case scenario? Maybe, maybe that's it? Um, I know the worst scenario in my, uh, in my head is that this year is going to be cancelled. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I'm sure is we're gonna pass this period if okay. we listen and if we stay safe home. Uh, but for the moment, yeah, I think it's gonna be longer than July. Okay, good, good to hear. Mm. Yeah, it's well, tough. It's tough. Um, I'm, I'm trying to put some um, humor in that situation, but uh, Tommy, I'm gonna ask you, and then then it all goes back to Simona, Boris as well. When you take a break, what shot? in your game is always there. You can't wait to hit it. And then there's a shot that you're like, oh my goodness. I don't know, when I practice four hours a day, it's not even there. Is it gonna be there now after a long break? I mean, you're so talented, Tommy. Uh, but oh, Simona, <laughs> what, what, what's not there? What, what is there? What are you missing? And what is, worries you when you take a break? Back and down the line. <laughs> <laughs> I miss it. That's going to be there in your sleep. I miss it, yeah. I was going to say that's there. The, the server, <laughs> I'm not that. sure if he's going to be there, but it's okay. <laughs> we can work on it. But, but yeah, after, no, uh, after break, which, which parts of your game, I think that's what Matt's referring, which part of your, obviously you play a very physical style, you know, one of the best movers on the game, good ground. But if you not practice that, that goes away like, 
like fire. I mean, that goes quickly. You, if, if you have good feel, you're always going to have a good feel. You know, me, I, I believe today sitting in this chair, I still have feel. I just can't get to the freaking ball anymore. But it, just physically, isn't that something you have to work every single day? Otherwise, it goes away. Yeah. Max, I mean, you uh, too. Yeah. My longest break was three weeks until this break. So okay. I don't really have that feeling knowing how is it uh, after such a long, uh, long break without playing. So I don't know what to expect, but um, the most important thing in my game, in my, uh, let's say, style, are the legs. So that's yeah. why I keep yeah. running, because I okay. need to keep, yeah, keep uh, yeah. my muscles uh, activated. So yeah, I yeah, feel yeah. that if I move well on court, the tennis is going to be okay. Yeah, yeah. And Tommy, you, I mean, uh, we, we practiced together a little bit when you started up and then I had this junior team and you participated. So you were also physically, also a very strong player. You had a good ground. So, but which part of the game you were afraid of losing first? Uh, well, I think as I'm sitting here and uh, talking to you guys, and uh, I'm actually, unfortunately, the only one that doesn't have a Grand Slam victory here. Um, but I, I, yeah. I, I fathom the fact that I, I found myself as a pretty good, uh, um, you know, I had a pretty good career overall. Obviously, I think yeah. you're all into it individually. So you always kind of now look back and you say, why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do that? I could have done better here. Um, but my game is a pretty much it's an all-round game. I don't think there's a shot in my in my tennis that I yeah. that I like needed a lot of work. Did I do? I wish I wish I had a serve like uh, a John Isner or Ivo Karlovic at 145 miles an hour. Yeah, I never had that really. But my serve was overall pretty good. I like I fancy my second serve as well. If my first serve didn't work, um, I had an all-round game. Um, so for me, actually, usually when I did have uh, surgery and I couldn't play tennis for yeah. sometimes six to eight weeks. The most important thing really was to make sure that the body stays in shape, that you yeah. work on your body. If it's more flexibility, if it's more strength, more core strength, work a little bit on stuff mentally. I did other sports, you know, I did road biking, I started swimming. I did many of those things. I think that's really, really the key. And I'm also, uh, you know, I think all of us as well, I mean, we also enjoy life a lot. So I have an addiction of ice cream. So when I don't work out, yeah. I eat my ice cream like every night, just like last night, I had another pint of ice cream again. I, I need to work out, so I'm, I'm trying Tommy, to Tommy, I have home. to interrupt like, you. I have to interrupt you. Yeah. I've sorry. seen videos without the shirt. You look like you always did. I don't know. what. <laughs> where's your doctor? You're going to California, Florida. Yeah, You're okay. always in great <laughs> I'm shape. I'm not seeing a doctor yet, but uh, maybe down the road. But, you know, um, it, that's the thing. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. For me, it's like sort of like that's my vice. I, I love sweets. I love to eat. So, okay. uh, you know, uh, when we have a lot of food on the table, uh, I eat it all. So it's better that I don't even see it. But I'm, I'm making banana bread cake these days. Yesterday, I made wow. carrot cake. I love my ice cream, like I said. So I, that's, <laughs> my, that's sort of like my enjoyment. So, but yeah. I do know if I do that, I got to go out and do something. So I try I to see. sneak away. I've got a few friends here in LA, which I'm very lucky and happy about, that have a private tennis court. So I don't see them. But that's where you hit the with... tennis balls all the time. I'm wondering, yeah. all the <laughs> official clubs are closed. Now I know where you hit the balls. Right. <laughs> yes, like I said, again, you know, very, very blessed, very lucky. I get it. You know, in this, in this situation, you know, again, you know, I think we look at the overall picture and you kind of say, look, we are in a pandemic, you know, around the world. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting here in LA. I have friends that have a tennis court. I'm with my family. I don't have to worry about the paychecks in the next couple of months. So very, very blessed, very lucky. And I definitely, um, I, I know how to cherish that. But uh, to get back to the point of the matter, yes, I do like to eat. So I do know I got to do something every day. You know, I yeah. follow Arnold Schwarzenegger, one of my idols on Instagram. He does some activity every day, even if it's just 15, 20, 25 minutes. He's 72, 73 years yeah. old now. It looks good. So that's, that's the moment where I'm saying I'm 41, you know. Almost 42, by the way. Tomorrow is my birthday, so thank you. All for right, the oh, all right. Okay. It's really important to just find something every day, even if it's no longer than 15, 20 minutes. That's it. Yeah. True. But, but Mats, Mats, what about you? You're, you're skinnier than when you used to play. I know you love your sweets. Uh, well, what, what's your secret? Because, guys, I'm wearing a big sweater here because I haven't <laughs> been working out lately and I've been eating and drinking and sitting at home a lot. So, Mats, well, what, what's your secret? Um, I think my secret is my Swedish passport because if you have seen <laughs> Bjorn Boy lately or Stefan yeah. Edberg lately, well. we all look yeah. the same. So yeah. um, I think it's a natural thing. Very lucky. I do a lot of sports. I do lots of cross-country skiing, 
here okay. in uh, the Rocky Mountains in Idaho. Uh, I play tennis with a bar machine every oh, wow. day. Oh, wow. Don't great idea, actually. Plays. Good idea. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I okay. like hitting tennis balls and I like moving, so it's not a problem, but um, okay. uh, I'm, I'm very lucky. You guys are all very lucky. We're all very lucky that we don't. Yeah. Tommy, I think we, we should touch on it. The fact that we don't have to worry about money in a way that you're not waiting for a paycheck. I mean, some people are... Uh, are really struggling and in three or four weeks there is no money in your account so yeah. um, I think this problem is a big now and it'll be a very serious reality check in about two three months uh, and hopefully we we come out of it okay hopefully we learn something from this situation um, we know that the planet earth is doing better even though the human beings are not. Planet Earth is doing better because no factories, very, very uh, much less pollution. Uh, rivers are cleaner. The water in Venice, Italy, it's much cleaner. So there's some good with it. But um, Simona, I know that you, you might have to go for a run in the forest. Um, <laughs> if you want to, you can leave whenever you want because we have a few more minutes and I want to, to ask um tommy and, and boris a little bit about the schedule and when tournaments could potentially take i will place. stay because so, i like it okay I there you go. So, thank hey. you very much and so I, I guess the next please. topic for the next topic would be um to move on to is the french open has announced that they want to play it in september um how do you guys think that we can have some kind of a normal year going forwards is it better to try and cancel everything and start up again next? I mean, where is the mind? Simona, let's start with you. What do you think that they should be doing? Let's say in two months we can start playing. Should the U.S. Open be held? Should the French be in September? What are your thoughts? Well, if everything is safe and uh, we are able to travel 100%, uh, I think that the priority has to be for uh, mandatories and grand slams in my opinion. So even if they change the dates, I feel like uh, should be as a priority for these big tournaments because actually they keep the tour very strong. So I have the feeling that uh, it's going to, to happen if everything is uh, it's okay, even if the mm. dates are changed, my opinion. Mm. Tommy, Tommy, what's your what's your feeling? Because obviously you're you're one of the biggest tournaments in the world, the fifth yeah, Grand Slam, we call it as well. Yeah, it's obviously a very good question and a very sensitive one, in my opinion, of course, um, because the, the, the schedule is already so, um, so packed with tournaments, you know, on WTA and ATP's, uh, you know, calendar, um, you know, you kept talking about, you know, maybe shortening it somehow, um, you know, losing some of the uh, smaller tournaments that don't mean as much. Um, but obviously for, for us, you know, we were even considering and still considering the fact of maybe postponing our event maybe sometime November or December, um, you know, with, with the outlook of, you know, trying to make sure the players get what they need. This is always our priority. Without the players, these tournaments are not happening. And without the players coming to the tournaments, we don't have fans, we don't have sponsors, we don't have TV media deals, and, uh, and we don't have an event. So we're always look, looking for what can we do. At the same time, there's multiple challenges that come with that. Number one is, um, you know, how, how is the weather doing that time in November, December? Well, for us in the desert, it's still quite good. It does get a little bit cooler at nighttime, but that's something, you know, the players and we can live with. Now it's about, uh, do we get some more sponsors again for an event in November or December in order to have the event, in order to pay the players the prize money, et cetera, et cetera. Now also, do we go up against, you know, the, uh, the uh, NFL Football League, uh, the basketball, uh, baseball, um, even though now, right now, it's still questionable if that's even all happening as well. Um, you know, then the next question will be, how will the fans feel about the fact that maybe they come to the desert in December, but now we're asking them to come back, you know, 10 weeks later, beginning middle of March, to come back to the tournament when it's supposed to be. So in the overall picture, and I think for us, it makes just most sense to say, look, for us, this year was, was a bad year. We lost a lot of money. Um, you know, you can put the check mark behind 2020 and say, we are focusing and trying to do everything better uh, or as good as this always has been for 2021. That's sort of like, you know, the mentality of where you go. And now you're just kind of following the whole thing as well. They say no tennis till July 13th, not nothing until after Wimbledon. Obviously, very sad news when we heard that. We all thought maybe we can get back to reality 
you know, sometime beginning of June, maybe start the grass court season um, and, uh, and play Wimbledon end of July. But now, as you see where we are and nobody really knowing what's going to be after that either. Like Boris said, if you follow the news, which I think we all do, we hear so many different opinions, a lot of different experts saying, this is what it looks like. This is what I'm hearing. You know, maybe middle, beginning of May, things should start getting better. Now it's maybe June. Who knows when sporting events are coming back? And, and then the question also is, let's just say, maybe we do get back sometime August, beginning or middle of August, right? Do you then still have a tournament or two before the US Open, yeah. just the way it was? Maybe New York has recovered by then and you yeah. do have the US Open, right? I mean, in some ways, personally, I think it would be great if nobody plays any tournaments, have no lead up tournament, everybody plays the US Open right away. Go to the humidity, start in New York, you know, let's, let's see who is the toughest of the fittest, you know, at that current time, right? I mean, best of five for the men, even for the ladies, nobody has played. Let's go, let's, let's, let's just go. And then follow maybe that sort of schedule again. You know, if, if Asia has recovered, which they say it has, maybe it'll come back, maybe it won't come back. But then you usually have the Asian swing. Then you go to the fall in Europe again indoors. And then maybe you think about bringing in some other tournaments at the end of the year. But again, I find that very, very hard to do. Now, the French, I think yeah. when we heard the French doing this, putting it end of September, I was very surprised. And uh, yeah. I, I thought it was quite ballsy for the French Tennis Federation to do so um, uh, because, you know, I think nobody really knew that they were going to take this press statement out and say, we're going up against this and this time. And again, I'm not with the French Tennis Federation. I'm not sure what's going on. Again, you hear a lot of stories that they haven't been able to finish the stadium. Philippe Chatrier, because of the, you know, coronavirus right now. So it gives them some time, maybe in the summertime to finish it all. And they have the tournament end of September. You know, maybe they would take a big hit if they can't have the, the French Open going on this year. Financially, that would be bad. I don't know. There's so many things behind the scenes that sometimes we do not know, that we do not see, that you have to take all into consideration. Yeah, Mats, um, you have a very, maybe the most important question in tennis right now. Um, you're asking the ATP, the WTA, the ITF to work together. They haven't done that since tennis existed. Now they have to work together. And then you have the men's tour and the women's tour. So you're, you're asking the impossible, but there's no other choice. You know, uh, Thomas, you're one of the lucky ones. You're one of the biggest tournaments in the world. Most tournaments will not survive this crisis. Whether they're small or big, I don't know. Whether you can measure what's small or big. Certainly the Grand Slams will survive and certainly the Master Series will survive. But all the others are struggling. Now, rescheduling is, I call it an impossibility. You know, I mean, yeah. when I first heard the French Open come the week after the US Open finishes, my first thought is Rafael Nadal. What is he doing? Is he skipping the Open to play the French? I'm thinking Roger Federer. He wants to have a 21st major. I'm thinking Jaco, you know, it's, they're asking to do something that's impossible. And, and last but not least, there's a thing called the Davis Cup Final Madrid at the end of November. So I think that is going to be the million dollar question. Uh, uh, once, once sport is you know, able to come back, uh, uh, scheduling wise, who will, who will benefit, who will be first and who will disappear. So Boris, you're saying would... that uh, it's better to cancel everything this year and to start in 2021? No, 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 I'm, I'm saying, I mean, the, the moment it's healthy, to go out and go about your job. You know, that's, that's the first question, right? Once that yeah. is secure, the WTA, the ATP, the ITF have to put themselves in one room exactly. until there's white smoke coming out and saying, okay, what are we going to do next? Which tournaments have to come back first? Do we go about the schedule as it was supposed to be? And which tournaments that were supposed to happen in March, in April and May should come back in September, October or November? Now, that okay. is such a difficult answer yeah. because yeah. everybody thinks of themselves naturally and everybody that was supposed to happen in October, all the tournaments, they say, no, no, it's, it's our turn now. And then all the other tournaments are going to say, well, what about us? So this is going to be the million dollar question, in my opinion. Yeah, they have to yeah. come all together and talk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely. Yeah. No, you are correct, Boris. That's not, we haven't had that uh, for a long time. 
Um, well, of course, we have the self-appointed tennis commissioner, John McEnroe. <laughs> it would be perfect in this situation. But yes, um, yes. maybe having the French Open in September is a good chance for the French to have a French winner because no one else will show up. Anyway, I hope <laughs> no one is listening. <laughs> um, but um, so, so, Simona, I know that you, you answered this question, but... Uh, how much are you involved with other players and how much do you know what the other women are feeling and, and do you have an idea of, of what other players are you interested in starting to be part of talking to the WTA and what you think and uh, if they come to you would you be open to hey we want to know because Tommy you hit the, the nail in the, on the head. Without the players, we have absolutely nothing. And I think we sometimes forget that. Even though we are players, we don't hear it enough. Without the players, there is nothing going on. So, Simona, would you be yeah. interested if somebody come and ask you? Yeah, but we, the players, if we don't have the tournaments, we are nothing also. So, I think it's 50-50 there. Um, actually, yeah, I can get involved in this. I'm open to it. But... Um, you know, it's too sensitive and I don't feel like uh, I have the power and the vision to do some, to say something about these decisions are too big and uh, it's tough to take the responsibility for everyone. So if there is going to be a group of players, for sure, I'm going to get involved and I'm, I will say my opinions. But it's, uh, it's tough about, um, you know, this situation with the health in the world so if it's about a tournament or a date yeah but you never know how when it's gonna be safe to travel again and you never know how it's gonna be good for everybody so i feel like the leaders of this tennis tour they have to come together and also to ask the players because in my opinion we have a good world because we have to play and they have to decide what is best for everybody, not just for the tournaments or for the players. So, I in mean, my opinion, clear... if... Yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Keep finishing. Sorry. No, I said... I wanted to say that if this year it's possible to play some tournaments, it's going to be great. Even if the, the dates will be changed pretty much, and even if we will have clay or hard or grass, I know it's impossible to have it anymore. But I feel like if we stay one year without a tournament, it's going to be much harder to, to start again next year. Yeah, I'm in total agreement with you, Simina. Whenever there's, whenever you know, government allows to travel and allows to play tennis again, we should play tennis. Whether that's yeah. in August or in September, it doesn't matter. To, use, to lose a year completely like that is no good for nobody. But then, Matt, yes. you had a, a question. The players... There's different groups of players. I mean, Simona is a multiple Grand Slam champion, number one player in the world. So you have a different agenda than number 75 in the world. Number 75 in the world needs to play every week for that paycheck you mentioned earlier, Mats. On the men's That's side, what I said. Yeah, you, have, you have Djokovic, Federer, and now they're on a different planet than all the rest of the players. Everybody else, they still need to play every week, every other week. Now... That's why it's difficult to combine all the players because you have different agendas. Exactly. I mean, they have to get together. I mean, literally, yeah. like you said, the ATP, the WTA and the ITF. So again, this could be a significant moment in, in yeah. professional tennis. Or they yeah. have to use it for that. I mean, how does the French Open go out and give us a date? That sounds to me like they're not talking to anybody. In no tournament, they just go and say, we're going to play here, and that's it. It's shocking. Tommy, you're in this, in, the, in this room, so to speak. I mean, how surprised were you when somebody comes out and definitely gives you a, a, a date? Yeah, no, again, I think it, it was quite ballsy from the French Tennis Federation and the French Open to do that, you know, without really consulting or talking to people. And maybe they were talking, you know, maybe the Grand Slams did have a phone, a phone call and they did it anyway. You know how it is, you know, everybody is competitive. And if you look at it, you know, maybe by that time, there is a chance that everything will be back to normal. And there is a chance that they will have the French Open. And there is a chance that you can still have it very much at this certain date at, in Paris where the weather might still be fine. 
And I'm sure all the players and the people around the world, the tennis fans, would love to see the French Open, even if it is end of September. And the players are going to go there. And I think for the players in general, like Boris just mentioned, everybody will show up because, again, it's a big prize money tournament. So even the first round for a player that's 90 in the world or people that are qualifying for the event, it's big money, it's big mm -hmm. points. So they will play. You know, ideally, you know, you have the, you, ideally you start, like I said, maybe some, you know, sometime in August. Maybe you have the, uh, the U.S. Open end of August. You know, you take a few, uh, you know, week break. You go to Europe, you play on clay. Um, and then you play the French Open. Now we're talking again about the, what Boris also mentioned. You're talking about two ITF events, two Grand Slams. What about all the other tournaments yeah. like Madrid, like Rome on clay? Yeah. Even our event, right? Indian Wells, Miami, the two Masters 1000s that are maybe going to happen also at the end of the year if you can postpone them. Again, that's all a very, very big if. It's going to be very, very hard to do here in the US, just to let you know. But what about Madrid and Rome? They can play middle or end of September. Are they going to say, I mean, we all know Mr. Mr. Ion Tiriak, Boris, better than anyone. You know, he doesn't care what the ITF might do or the French Open. He might say, no. well, I'm going to have a tournament going up against the French Open then. And, who, yeah. and maybe who else? And, you know, maybe some players come to play this event and think, hey, I can maybe win the, the Masters 1000 in Madrid. <laughs> so what about? It's a combined event. So how do you, how do you yeah. even fathom these conversations? Imagine yeah. all those egos in one room. And now you say, okay, as a player, <laughs> you say, well, you know what? And, and then you're going to have the argument of saying, hey, guys, it's your ATP tour. Hey, guys, it's your WTA tour. Support yeah. us. And it's not, it's, the ITF is really not, you know what I mean? It's like, it's not the player's tour in that sense. Yeah. So, of course, it's the Grand Slams. Of course, it's the tournaments that we all want to win. But at the same time, you have to support your own tour. So how do, yeah. you, how yeah. do you go to a player in that sense and say, well, you make a choice now where you want to go and play? So very, very difficult, very, very... Uh, very, very hard to, uh, to, to yeah. I mean, very, very interesting, by the way, to be in that room and have these conversations, I tell you that. At the same time, it's almost, uh, like you said, it's almost going to be impossible to, to figure it out. What about, we haven't talked about, you know, arguably the greatest of all time. He's got a little tournament called the Labor Cup. And his buddy, yeah. Rafa and Novak and all the top guys which wanted to show up to play the end of September in America, I believe, right? Now, they haven't called him saying, you know, we, no, we have to go to Paris. We have to play the French Open. So, you know, there's so many big question marks about the scheduling. This would be a nightmare. And everybody naturally looks after their own interest. They look after their own, own, you know, tournament and hopefully be able to schedule it at some time. But this is going to be so difficult because everybody, but maybe, as you said, maybe it's a big chance for the tennis community for once to come together. Because this, this goddamn crisis, COVID-19, affects us all. And, 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 you know, we are the lucky ones. We still in a have a job and, and our life continues. But so many lives. Hello. Is that your little, little girl? Hello. <laughs> my girl. She, just, she just woke up. Yeah. Sorry. Hola. Good morning. Good morning. Hello. How good morning. Are you? Yeah. Boys yeah. yeah. Just sorry. <laughs> yeah. Hi. No. So, so I, I think, I think maybe, maybe, I mean, the, the world as we know it, is over. This virus has taken away from us. This uh, doesn't have a country, doesn't have a passport. Everybody will be affected or is affected right now. So maybe it's an opportunity for the ATP, the WTA and the ITF to come together and say, we got to save tennis. We got to save tennis. We got to save the scheduling. Let's go over which tournaments are most important. And then I'm with you, Simona. I would say the Grand Slams and the Masters, they are priority. They are, they are the backbone of our sport. And, and, and once we know, you know, the geography, I mean, you, you can always play in the desert pretty much throughout in the year, but, but you, you can't play outdoors in Rome and in, 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 in Spain once it's November, December. So you have to go uh, according to the weather and, and, and where each tournament is located. But I think, you know, that's the key. We, we got to have some smart people in the room and deciding how to save tennis. Yeah, but Grand Slams and the Masters are the priority for the top 100, let's say. Yeah. But for the rest of the players, because they cannot get into these tournaments, Correct. it's going to be Correct. tough. So they have to think also for the others from Correct. 100 up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they have, the leaders have to discuss, not, not getting involved the players, because no, everyone will no. say the opinion, own opinion, and it's different, my opinion, than 120. And, so and certainly... They have, yeah. yeah. No, and I certainly don't make a quick decision about a new date. 
You know, it, it was, it was, it was, it, it came from the side that the French Open decided to announce that date. I don't think they really considered the whole of the sketch. They were looking after themselves, like normally most other tournaments would do. But that's that's the wrong way. You have to come together and find the best possible scenario for most tournaments, if that's that's possible. Yeah, true. Yeah, I yeah. couldn't agree. It's, good. it's a big, it's a big problem. We have bigger problems, obviously, with. Uh, the coronavirus um, pandemic. So we wish you, we're going to let you guys go. Simona, first of all, thank you so much for, for being part of uh, the Legends uh, podcast here on Eurosport. Hope to see you again uh, next yeah, time, hopefully too. on the courts. Um, where that is, we don't know. So good luck in your off season. Good luck with everything, but more importantly, good luck with, with your life and health. And please stay safe. Uh, from all of us at Eurosport. Tommy, thank you so much. Now I, 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 see, I see what you're saying. Didn't get enough sleep. You have a good time to, to get back, to get some good rest. Uh, good thing your daughter looks like her mom. I just wanted to throw I know, that I hear out. That yeah. Very pretty. Thank you guys. It was time. a lot of fun. Good seeing you guys. Stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, look forward to the next one, possibly. Uh, excellent. Super. Thank you. Yeah, stay Simona, safe. Tommy, thank you guys. Thank you very much. Bye. Thank you. Oh, Boris, my friend. Yes. It was nice Matt. to see you. And uh, we will hopefully do this again. Uh, yes. Um, maybe next week, but in not too uh, long a distant future, we will definitely try and do this again. Hopefully, uh, we can get a couple of other superstars yeah, to join. Yeah, yeah we're working on that. Yeah. So, last word for you, Boris. No, I'm a little jealous that you're out in the woods. You can ski, <laughs> you can play tennis. You can go for walks. When you're stuck in London, believe me, no such thing. We have to be very creative uh, uh, in our day's routine. Yes, you can walk the park. That's the highlight of the day. When can you do your one walk of the park? That's it. Everything else is closed. Imagine. There's no club open, no gym open, no swim open. There's no mountains in London. You can't go on the river. Everything is closed. So you got to stay sane, most importantly, you know? Yeah. Can't yeah. imagine. Living here, I couldn't imagine, but obviously I do. So, yeah, well, Boris, thank you so much. Nice to see you, my friend. Yes, um, yes. We will be in touch, and for everybody that has been listening, thank you uh, for uh, supporting Eurosport. Um, we are still here. There is a game called Tennis out there, and hopefully we get to get on those courts as soon as possible. But in the meantime, stay safe, stay home. And, um, and try to enjoy your family and friends. See you guys later. Boris, thank you, my friend. Bye-bye, Max. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.